Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless Mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. We just had Mark Maschi on. He was absolutely phenomenal. And just looking at Sean McVay real quick. Because I did this a couple years ago. 2016, Doug Peterson does well with offense. He gets a shot to be a head coach with Doug Peterson. Hugh Jackson, Adam Gase, Ben McAdoo, Dirk Cutter, Chip Kelly, Mike Malarkey was an interim head coach. All those guys, offensive guys, all of them fired. 2015, Dan Quinn makes a run, defensive coordinator, gets the job as the D.C. Rex Ryan, John Fox, Kubiak, offensive guy, then retired. Bowles, Del Rio, Tom Sola. Defense, 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 defense. All fired now. Except for Dan Quinn. 2017, Sean McVay. Offensive guy. Offense does well. McDermott's a defensive coordinator. Hell of a coach. Vance Joseph, a defensive guy. Doug Marone, offense. Lynn, offense. Sean McVay, offense. Kyle Shanahan, offense. Only guy who's fired from that, Vance Joseph. 2018, you go from offense, Sean McVay, successful guy, younger. You have John Gruden, which is a Raider hire. You have your Belichick hires in Matt Patricia and Mike Rabel. Frank Wright, good job with the offense. Wilkes, out of nowhere, got fired after one year. Nagy, 40 years old, like McVay. Then Pat Shermer. Then this year. Freddie Kitchens, an offensive guy. Arians, a, I don't want to say retread, but an older guy who wants to come back and ended up coming back to Tampa Bay. LaFleur, 39 years old. Flores, Belichick, but 38 years old. Fangio, a little bit older. Adam Gase, already a head coach before, but an offensive guy. Zach Taylor, 35. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, 40. It's so cyclical. And the reason I say Sean McVay is such a dangerous head coach is people take guys who look like other head coaches, who look like successful head coaches, and they think as they look at them, and I'm talking about owners here, they look at these guys, he'll give me what I want. He'll give me what I want out of this. No. It's such a dangerous thing. And owners, and, and I brought this up with Mark, and he absolutely agreed. I hate that. I'm not trying to be superficial or mean spirited or nasty or anything by this comment because I know what I look like. If Andy Reid was still 35 to 39 or 40 years old, and you look at pictures of him when he was in Green Bay at around that age and and, and moving up, there's not a chance in hell Andy Reid gets hired as a head coach. Like Matt Patricia is a Belichick guy. If he were a Belichick disciple, he'd have a chance. 
I'll give you that. But Matt Bella or Matt Patricia looks a little bit like Rasputin. But if it was Andy Reid and you're with anybody else, you're you're not getting that job anymore, man. They want young. They want politician looks. They want guys that they can put up there on their billboard that look young, exuberant, youthful, fit, good-looking, and also can change the way that people look at their franchise like that. A guy who gets people talking the right way about their franchise. Sean McVay does that. And then, you, of course, you have the copycat league going on. Sean McVay goes into training camp last year, doesn't want guys playing, keeps them out of the preseason. They go 13-3, and they go to the Super Bowl. Now, there's questions about it, but still, they go 13-3, and they win, they go to the Super Bowl. This year, doesn't he want to take him with him to Hawaii? Now you see less and less guys who are playing in the preseason. Sean McVay was successful doing it. Why can't I be successful doing it? And also, I think a lot of coaches are finally realizing, guys, it ain't worth it anymore. It's a sloppy week one. Week one coming up here in a couple of weeks. If you're a gambler, I know you've got to put money down on it. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, I know the Sharps might be on a couple of things, but I wouldn't even know where to begin because it's the sloppy week of football. You really can't glean anything off a of week one, the first, the opening week of football. You really can't glean a whole lot from it. It's difficult to tell because it's going to be sloppy. Guys are going to be playing for the first time. They're going to be getting used to each other. It's going to be who you have. If you're a better roster, you have a better chance to win. Other than that, and if you have a better quarterback, you have a chance to win. Other than that, you're not really building any sort of momentum. You're just starting out, and you're not carrying any momentum because you've got guys who are playing for the first time because it's not worth it anymore. We've been bitching and moaning about the preseason for years. Nothing happens. Fantasy football, nothing happens. Finally, one coach keeps guys out. Proves to you that the talent means the most. Gets them to a Super Bowl. Now, finally, because it's been proven and changed, then guys are willing to be more willing to do it. There's still holdovers. Baker Mayfield played a whole half last night. Looked like he needed it. Played a whole half last night. Other guys played. Tom Brady played. Other guys have been able to do it. Other guys are being held out. Cam Newton gets hurt. We're not talking about guys playing in the preseason. We're talking about Cam Newton getting hurt. Three Packers got hurt the other night up in Canada. Third preseason game. We talk about those guys getting hurt. We don't talk about the guys who made it. It's the same thing when I bring up when guys are riding a motorcycle. You ride a motorcycle without a helmet, more than likely, nothing bad's going to happen to you. But if something bad does happen to you, it's going to be absolutely awful. So you put it like this. If you play your franchise quarterback, your franchise quarterback in the preseason, you can get him a little bit more experience. You can get him a little bit more time. You can get him a little bit a little bit more just just rhythm with his offense, things like that. You can do that, and that's that's true. But if something bad happens, you're fired. If something bad really happened to Cam Newton, if he were out for the season, you already have Ron Rivera, who fans love to put on the hot seat anyway. But if something really bad happens to Cam Newton, say, God forbid, you're out for the year as a quarterback in the preseason, ownership's mad. Other players might be a little bit upset, but more than likely, you know, that's the business. Ownership's mad. Analysts are mad. Fans are mad. Fans are mad at you. Fans are mad at the organization for playing them. Well, they're not going to be just mad at the owner. The owner's not the one who makes the decision. They're not going to be mad at the general manager. The general manager's, quote-unquote, not supposed to make the decision. Sometimes, obviously, they do. They got one person to blame. That's you, hombre. And unless you get something like Nick Foles going, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. So what's the win? 
yeah, you can get a little bit of more experience. You can be a little bit more ready for week one. And every game's important, and I can hear you already. If you end up not losing as many games, you'll still get fired anyway. There's tons of pressure every week on every single NFL coach. You still want a full boat. Because if I have the talent available, then I have the ego that feels that I can coach these guys up. If I have those guys on the field, I still have a better chance than not having them on the field, even through sloppy football or great football. There's no win. Fans don't want the preseason anyway. They complain about the price of the tickets. They don't want to be there. Most of the people who buy the tickets still have to be there, and then they don't even show up because they have to because they're buying season tickets. The people who say that they want to take the reduced ticket price, there's about a few Bob and Jans and Mitchells and things like that. Arnett, those people aren't even showing up. You saw preseason week one from Lock and Forest picture in Washington. There's nobody there. Third preseason game of the season last year, last night. Looking at both venues, nobody's in the stands. So you get your season ticket price, but you're really getting nothing else. And the only good argument for it, or the only good argument against all this is, even though I don't like it, I know you will, more more regular season games. 18-game schedules, and if your team's not in it, and your team's one of the bad teams, like if the Dolphins are bad this year, you're not going to care if it's 17 games or 18 games. You really want it to be three games because you're trying to move on to next year anyway. You're trying to watch college football. You're trying to watch Tagovailoa. You're trying to watch Jake Fromm. Maybe you're thinking about tanking another season for Trevor Lawrence, doing anything you possibly can. You'll be out of this real quick. And you want to elongate that season, but as soon as I say it, you'll just watch more. It's been proven. Thursday night football, well, it's sloppy. You still watch. Monday night football's not as good. You're still watching. Not as much as you used to, but you're still watching. I can't believe they play in London at 9.30 in the morning. You still watch. The only time you don't watch is when guys take knees. That's it. So as long as they don't take a knee, which I don't think they're going to except for one guy, you'll be perfectly fine. And you'll watch an 18-game schedule because it's football, and we only have football for so long. I was excited as hell today. We got Miami and Florida tonight with college football. It feels like it's just around the corner because it's only a couple hours away. And then the NFL's here. I might shed a tear tonight. It's just such a great game. Well, you want to ruin it with the preseason? Everything I just brought up, all that stuff's great. You get to see great franchise quarterbacks, wonderful wide receivers, $95 million wide receivers, cornerbacks who are the best in the world at what they've done. If defenses are good now, Considering the rules, they're the best defenses that have ever played because they don't get away with anything of what they used to get away with. And they're able to do that, and we want to play these guys in the preseason. We all admit they're meaningless games. I've heard great arguments before. Mike Schlereth, or Mark Schlereth, Mike, Mark Schlereth brought it up himself. If he didn't get a chance to play in a fourth preseason game, maybe his career never really happens. That's a great point. I don't think we see it that way, though. You are what you are. You can prove it in camp. Maybe you can prove it in joint practices, but they want to keep those guys off the field. There are investments now. If I'm looking at a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., he's $95 million that is kept off a preseason meaningless field. That's why I was so shocked Patrick Mahomes played. Patrick Mahomes will be a $40 million a year quarterback. You really want him playing a $40 million a year if you're the Kansas City Chiefs? If you're Clark Hunt, you really want him in the preseason? And if you're a head coach, you can coach him up. 
You got talent, you can coach them up. Why put them on a worthless preseason field? The only good thing is you get a little bit more experience. The worst thing is you can pack your boxes and kiss your ass goodbye. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, talk all the trash you want. I finally do it. Talk all the trash you want. We're going to bury you anyway. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS. Hickey, get the Mary Kay ready. I forgot. Earlier this week, Baker looked like he stepped in it for a second. Also, we're going to talk about gas. Are we talking about gas station mail enhancement coming up in the final segment? You know it. You okay. You know it. This is your home for gas station mail enhancement talk. Right here on CBS Sports Radio. Baker might have stepped in it earlier this week. Baker might have stepped in it earlier this week. Came out, said that he was what well, he was misquoted. Even went as far as to call Daniel Jones because he couldn't believe that Daniel Jones was drafted number six overall by the New York Giants. I think a lot of people felt that way, and I don't think that that's any sort of a new take to say that. We were all surprised that Daniel Jones was taken. Part of me, I wanted to root for Daniel Jones. It's not Daniel Jones's fault that he was taken number six overall. Was it his fault he was taken that high? We blame him. Dave Gettleman's fault. I don't know why I need to pull against Daniel Jones. If he was taken at 17, eh, that probably made a little bit more sense. We all kind of saw that, but he was taken at six. You need a quarterback that much. Dave Gettleman took him. Like, I don't blame Tim Tebow for being taken by the Denver Broncos in the first round. That's that's on Josh McDaniels. That's on the Denver Broncos. You, you If you draft a guy that early and he's that big of a surprise, that's not your fault for getting drafted. So I don't have anything against Daniel Jones, and he, so far through this preseason, he's thrown a really nice football. Maybe you will change some people's minds. Maybe we'll make an argument for him to start. Who the hell knows? I think there's a big difference between the best overall quarterback and the most ready quarterback, but we can have that conversation, but that's not for today. Baker Mayfield had a conversation, and it, it, the, the problem is is that Baker Mayfield is one of the guys that I think is the new type of football player in the NFL. He's a brand. So he, he's going to do things his way. Like Andrew Luck, to me, is the last quarterback. I probably has a foundation. He probably has a website. I don't know. I've never been to it. Andrew Luck's just a quarterback. There's not brand endorsement. There's not. There's not separate types of things that are that are put out just for him. It's not this all enveloping type of deal the way you get with other quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes becoming a brand. Baker Mayfield becoming a brand. Sam Darnold's too quiet yet. Someday he'll become a brand. Sean Watson a brand. These guys are separate from their football where they stand out on their own. Late night TV, big time endorsement deals, multifaceted media that they put out on their own. You have to be there. You have to see it. It all encompasses me. It all encompasses what I do. They learn that from marketing people and from guys like me who are shameless self-promoters. And they do it their own way. Baker Mayfield is that way. Andrew Luck isn't. That's why part of it, I respect Andrew Luck so much. He covers up so much, and he asks for none of it back. But for Baker, maybe he did step in it a bit. Maybe he stepped in it because you can't trust anybody if you're Baker Mayfield anymore. You can't trust anybody if you're going to be honest, which I applaud the honesty. I can't go after the honesty because that's what we want, and that's what we ask for. If you're going for honesty every time, that's great, but you have to understand who you're talking to, and you have to understand that anything can be picked up and taken because you're that guy. You're Baker Mayfield. You're a polarizing figure. There's no gray area. 
people either love this kid or they hate this kid. There's absolutely no third direction. We all know that. What I've had a problem with, though, is that to me, what he said, while truthful, if he said it, but we just assume he did, something was said. I don't think someone from GQ would just make it up. If he does say that, that's the truth the way we all see it. But we've gotten this confused for trash talk. We've gotten this confused for anything else. I, I, I picked up on this from Marcus Spears of ESPN. Now, we can't play ESPN audio, but we can play audio that I had yesterday on my morning show. This is Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer when I asked her about the Browns' expectations. Hit it. Double-digit victories, an AFC North championship, and at least one victory in a playoff game. That's a successful season. Yep. Anything below that, is that a failure? I think so. Yeah, this is a dream team. You've got to get somewhere. You you have to do something this year. So this they not, this, so state this, this again. State, this is for now. State this again. State this again. What do they got to do again? AFC North Championship, double-digit victories, and at least one victory in the playoffs. Man, that's a tall order, isn't it? That's what you would expect when you have Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Miles I mean, that's, Garrett, Denzel Ward, yes. That's Mary Kay Capital on my morning show. You can hear more of that at 923thefan.com if you want to. If not, then the hell with you. Uh, seriously, though, I can't believe what I hear. And Marcus Spears says the same thing, and then I had calls all morning. Can you nuts? They got these players. Oh, this is all on paper. They were 0-16 a year ago. Well, Ken, only six of these players are left over from that uh, 2017 football team. All fair and true, but look at them. They're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They might have the most players under the age of 25 in the NFL. That audio, or that stat, I do believe is courtesy of ESPN and Elias Sports. They might have the most players under the age of 25. Baker Mayfield's the unequivocal leader of that football team. You've had very little playoff experience with that entire roster. What are we looking at in the terms of success? Because for the Cleveland Browns, if they go 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs, that's a successful year. You've been garbage. You've been a complete doormat. And I know you traded for Odell Beckham Jr. And you can tell me that you talk so much trash. Odell Beckham Jr.'s talked about the Giants. He's not taking a shot at Pittsburgh. He's not taking a shot at Baltimore. Baker Mayfield has not taken a shot at Pittsburgh or Baltimore. He took a shot at Sam Ellinger. If you want to consider it a shot at Daniel Jones, you go right on ahead. Maybe he took a shot at a team that he's not playing this year and isn't in their division. He has not taken a shot at Pittsburgh or Baltimore. He did take one at Hugh Jackson. He backed that up winning twice. So I'm confused. Do we even know what trash talk really is anymore? Or do we really want guys to talk? Because I think we want guys to talk for the wrong reasons. We might want guys to talk. We say this all the time. We applaud honesty. We love honesty. I don't think we mean it. And I'm not even talking to you as a fan. I'm talking about the media. We want honesty. We applaud honesty. Do you really applaud honesty and want honesty, or do you just want something that you can rant about? Is that it? Is this something that you can get your hot take off on, where Baker Mayfield says what we all said about Daniel Jones a couple of months ago, but because Baker Mayfield's a quarterback and because he's a polarizing figure, and I know I can get clicks when you put it up on the website of the podcast when I get done talking about Baker Mayfield, that maybe I'm just liking it more because I can talk trash about Baker Mayfield. Is that the case? Because I'll point out this out. The Browns were a more bun franchise. Maybe the times have changed. 
There's very little experience on that football team. And if we're going to judge by preseason, which, God, I hope not, boy, there were some things that they need to get settled up before they go out there in the regular season coming up in a couple of weeks. So if I'm given seven and nine, or nine and seven, I beg your pardon, nine and seven in the playoffs as, as a goal, that should be every football team's goal. It's hard to win in the NFL. And the Browns aren't supposed to be the Browns anymore where there has been lots of talk by guys like me talking about the Browns, giving my opinion on guys like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and whether or not I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a problem or whether or not I think he's a me guy or a diva or if I'm putting any sort of unchecked aggression on him when I really should be putting it on other things. Or maybe I like the guys from the Giants and I've had a problem with Odell Beckham Jr. Or maybe I just know altogether that Odell Beckham Jr. being traded from the Giants was absolutely personal when you just signed him into a $95 million deal last year. Are we nuts? Do we know what trash talk is? What Baker Mayfield did against the Cincinnati Bengals last year was trash talk. Then he backed it up. Do we even know what this is? And you're giving me these as expectations. So guess what? I'll do this with Baker Mayfield, and we should do this with everybody. Talk your trash. And if we were on a different medium, I'd say a different word for it. Talk that garbage. Spit as much as you want. Say whatever you want to, to whomever you want to. Because you know what's going to happen? No matter what happens, I will create a narrative. I'm the media, and I will create something, whether it be for or against you. I'll create a storyline. I'll create a reason why I like or dislike you. I'll create a reason that it's going to be self-serving, and it's going to put myself over on you. So talk all you want. Because unless you're the Super Bowl champion, we're going we're gonna to boil you down, and we're going to beat you down, and knock you down in the dirt, and we're going to trash you anyway. I did it myself. The Rams lost the Super Bowl last year. Maybe Jared Goff's been figured out. Jared Goff needs his head coach to speak into his headset uh, right up till the time where they turn it off, courtesy of the NFL rules. Why is that on a third-year quarterback? And I say that because you feel that's unfair, probably. Or you might agree with me. And then I throw out the number, and hopefully I get you to call in, and we can talk about it together. Do the same thing. Guilty of it as anybody. So I say talk your trash. While I love Andrew Luck, and I look at Andrew Luck as a classic throwback to the way things ought to be, and that should still be respected and even celebrated in his own right. I understand that we're moving on. Guys are brands. Guys are expected to talk. Guys are brash. Guys are arrogant. And these are all franchise quarterbacks who talk like this. But I also know that if you go to the playoffs and you lose, I'm still going to hit. I'm still going to hammer you anyway. Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Still got beat by Brady. At home, ain't the goat anymore. Belly aching bitch a little bit more because you didn't get the football. How about making a stop? Sean Payton, one of the best NFL coaches out there. Drew Brees, a bona fide Hall of Famer. And when they lost that game in overtime, I didn't blame the refs. I blamed them. Yeah, the refs had a terrible non-call, an historic non-call. You know what you did? Instead of rallying around your own team at home in one of the few stadiums that have a home field advantage, you complained and moaned and freaked out, and then you did it in the press conference, and then you had the NFL change the rules afterwards because you still weren't done whining as highly paid professionals. And I can say that, and I can mean it, but you can say anything you want because I'm going to hammer you anyway. 
and we'll find reasons to. And if the Browns get to the Super Bowl this year and they lose to the Super Bowl to the Philadelphia Eagles, it's going to be you still messed up and you still should have taken Carson Wentz. If they get to the AFC Championship game and they lose to the New England Patriots, then it's you still messed up, you still talk too much trash. Look at Tom Brady. He's a legend. He's a GOAT. He's a guy who doesn't need to say anything, any of these things. We forget all that other stuff, and you should be more like them. If you lose to Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback, and John Dorsey knew it the year before. That's why he traded up and took Patrick Mahomes. You're his second fiddle, Baker. We'll say it all. We will say it all. So for Baker Mayfield and the Browns or Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs or the New England Patriots or the L.A. Chargers or God knows who else, say everything that's on your mind. Be a distraction. Be crazy. Do anything you want. Because in the end, unless you hold the trophy, I will rip you apart. And that's not just me. That's all of us. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, gas station penis pills. And the college football preview. And the first step towards separation for Urban Meyer. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Final segment of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes. At Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. All right, I want to get into this earlier, but we didn't have time because we had to get the Mark Maskey. He was great, by the way. Listen to that entire interview. CBSSportsRadio.com. Also, uh, if you're a Miami fan or you're just a fan of good college football, you want to listen to that open again, CBSSportsRadio.com, because I'm pulling for Miami tonight, folks. I want good college football again. I want Miami to be back. They won't be back if they win tonight. There's still 11 games to go. I want them to be be good. I think it makes college football so much more fun because eventually, and I told the callers from Miami this earlier, I'll end up hating Miami. If they're good, again, I'll, I'll end up hating them. I'll get bothered by them. I'll get annoyed by them. They'll stand in the way. I'll probably end up hating them. Yeah. I don't know as much because I used to be such a huge, before I went to college and I went to Akron, I used to be a big Ohio State fan. I'll admit that wholeheartedly here. So they were in the way. So, yeah, I hated Miami. Maybe it'll be different this time, but I'll probably hate them. But I, I love the buildup. They're, they're fun. They're interesting. I don't want to have a Miami team that I don't care about because they're so polarizing. Like, that's why Baker Mayfield's so much fun. There's one side or the other. There's no gray area. You look at a lot of quarterbacks, it's like, nah. Like, Matt Stafford, I bring up Matt Stafford, and it's like, nah, whatever. Great. Matt Ryan's played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, whatever. Baker Mayfield, you'll get some stuff on Baker Mayfield. Patrick Mahomes, great. Everybody loves him. Carson Wentz, you'll get some stuff on Carson Wentz. So it's just one way or the other. 855-2124-CBS. And that's why I love Miami right now. And I want them to be back. Because it just makes the game better. It makes it more fun to talk about. I want to talk about something else, too. You brought this up during, uh, again, five burning questions, Hickey. And now you're, I, I think you're afraid to bring it up. No, let's talk about it. Well, I'm dealing with a bunch of children right now. I don't even want to say medically, medical issues here, okay? So what, what do you want me to call it here? You, male enhancement pills? Sure, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, male enhancement. Uh, I can't call it medicine because it's over the counter at a gas station, for crying out loud. So what was the fifth question to five burning questions? So it's basically taking the memo MLB sent out, warning about the dangers of anabolic steroids in these enhancement pills that you can buy at, for whatever the reason, they, they specified gas stations as a popular place to buy these pills. Um, 
and saying that positive tests are uh, are common with use. So saying, do you buy this from MLB and do you buy that this should be, you know, a, a issue to where they're sending out memos warning everyone? Uh, as far as an issue with no, if they can be found in those things, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? If they can be found in those type of pills, first off, I, I don't know if if you're going to take those type of things, I don't know if you should be taking them over the gas over the counter at a gas station. Is that not true? I'm with you 100%. Okay. I don't need some guy at Speedway, no offense to the fine folks there, giving me the pills over the counter. I'd rather go to a doctor in a white coat or a person in a pharmacist uniform, whatever it may be, to get that type of medicine. All right? Second of all, let's be honest, I don't think a lot of these Major League Baseball players are using these for their wives. But regardless of that, I can't really speculate recklessly that much. So what is the issue here? What is, what is the overall question? Well, basically, you know, do you buy this from MLB? Like, you know, it's kind of – it was made a bigger issue. Should it have been or, or no? Uh, yeah, I think it should have been. I think it absolutely should be an issue. I, I was surprised, though. Earlier this week, uh, we brought up a question that if it were – and I think I know how you guys are going to go. Say Major League Baseball found you uh, – you, you had a test, and you you had a positive test, and you had taken these pills. Would you say steroids, steroids, steroids? We go, yep, I was absolutely on steroids. Or would you say you were using these pills? I'd rather say steroids. And I thought so either. I thought so too. And you should have seen it. Hickey, I I think that I'm stuck in the past on this issue. Really? I swear to God, I couldn't believe it. Because Lima's a single man, and he gets out there, and he has fun, and, and he enjoys the nightlife. And he says a lot of the women that he has dated in the past, um, they they prefer they prefer that you try it because it can be fun and exuberant. Can you believe this? And here I thought, because I'm stuck in the Tony Soprano, oh, I'm having some problems here, Uncle Junior having some problems here, that type of thing. And I'm th- and I we got you should have seen it, Hickey. We had calls. Ken, you got to get with the times. It's a medical issue. There's science that's proven. Can't say gas station pills, my goodness, but you should be open and honest and, and, and go after these type of things. I couldn't believe the level of conversation we had earlier this week about it, Hickey. I was actually very proud. Very proud. Sure, some progress we're making as a uh, society. I, I, huh? As a society, yeah. There were people calling in. I, we had guys calling in a minute. Yep, I had problems. I went and saw my doctor. Ken, if you ever have problems, you need to go see your doctor. You need to go see your doctor, nip it in the bud. We have the science. Take care of the science. You can do it. Go do it. I was as a conversation among men. I was actually very, very proud of it. Gotta admit, but I think as a player, I think that Major League Baseball, if if they can be found in it, yeah, absolutely. We do this all the time in the NFL. You saw what happened with Golden Tate. They're just trying to have a baby. If you can find it, and if it can go out there, and in the question with drugs or the question with PEDs is your overall intent. There's going to be performance enhancers in other walks of life. If I throw my back out and I throw it out to that much of a level, I'll go to the doctor. He'll give me steroids. But I'm not a professional athlete. So he'll give me steroids, and we'll try to make it better as soon as we possibly can, and I'll go on one of those programs that give me the pill every now and then, and we'll go ahead and do it. For them, they have to be uberly careful. So if Major League Baseball is being open and honest about this, about what's happening on get, with the gas station pills... You go right on ahead and make that abundantly clear. Because first off, 
I wouldn't trust any of that stuff anyway because those, uh, and I'm being serious about this, those statements have not been reviewed by the FDA. I don't know if I would trust any of them things in the pack. Those things scare me because they might stop your heart. I wouldn't want to do any of that. And if I could try to curb that, even though that they're grown men and they could do as they please within the letter of the law, I'd still like to offer some offer them some good advice. Am I wrong there, Hickey? Okay, I would think so. 855-2124-CBS. Hickey didn't want to participate. All right. I wanted to get this. Do you have the urban audio? And do you have, a, do you have the other thing I want there, Hickey? Or did I lose you altogether? We have both. Okay. I want to take, as we get ready to finish this, I told you about the University of Miami. There's another team that I want to, I want to get going, and I want to get them going in a different direction for their own good. I want Miami to build back up, but there's another team that I want you to lose, and I want you to lose badly. But first off, let's hear Urban Meyer about Florida and Ohio State. Go ahead. Steve Spurrier named it the Swamp, I believe, in the 90s. It's very hot. You know, Gainesville's obviously in center, right in the center of the state. Not a whole lot of uh, air circulates in the center of the state of Florida, especially early in the season. It is so hot. Only Gators get out alive is what Steve Spurrier said. And so the fans, the student body's incredible. The fans are out of their damn minds. And uh, when we had that thing going, a night game in the swamp was second to none. Said the best atmosphere in college football, not Ohio State, it was Florida. Now, whether or not I disagree on that, that's inconsequential. I mean, I, I'm sure that when it gets hot and when it's awesome, when they sang Tom Petty songs as a crowd last year, I was absolutely touched by, by Florida fans. So I bet it's one hell of an atmosphere. That's not what this is about. This is about the beginning of the separation. We had Brett McMurphy on earlier today, and I know if you're listening in Ohio, you're going to call me a major league, you know what, and you're going to say even worse things about him. I had to ask him the question about Urban Meyer and whether or not Urban Meyer is going to coach again. He said yes, he said next year. I had to take it a step further. There's a team I want to win, and I want to win desperately, and that is the Miami Hurricanes. But there's a team that I want to lose, and I want them to lose next week against Fresno State, and I want them to lose in the in the Pac-12, and I want them to lose against UCLA, and I want them to be embarrassed in South Bend against Notre Dame. I want it to be so incredibly apparent. I cannot help it. I love Clay Helton, and I feel bad pushing my own selfish agenda against him. But I need this for college football. I need a better USC. Hickey, hit the music. I need something better, and you do too. Because when these schools are better, it makes it better for everybody else. I've told you for far too long, and now we have the first separation, the first question of Urban Meyer against Ohio State. The first time it's really been put out there by Urban Meyer. Why didn't you say Ohio State, Urban? Why didn't you bring up the Buckeyes, Urban? What do you have against Ohio State, Urban? What do you mean? We made you like an emeritus type of coach or whatever it is. You're going to be on Fox. Aren't you going to be good to Ryan Day? And as a 54-year-old man where a doctor can get you, you can get a doctor to tell you anything. As a 54 going on 55-year-old man, and now we're living into our 90s here in in our society, you're telling me he's going to sit on the sidelines and never coach again? Hell no. And he doesn't want to go to some Kansas. He doesn't want to go to some build-em-up program and see if he can get seven wins and end the career the right way. 
you want a chance to win it all. You want a chance with backing. You want a chance with greatness. You want a chance with the money. You want a chance with the location. You can do that at USC. It's high time USC stops. I know the Mike Garrett stuff and the old Reggie Bush stuff, it's just hanging on. It's like baseball with steroids. Every time we talk about it, you just keep getting held on to. It's time again, USC. It's time to go back to the way you're supposed to be. Major celebrities at practice, major celebrities on the sidelines, movie atmosphere, movie red carpet openings, urban, Shelley, bright lights, Hollywood signs, the way it's supposed to be. Take your city back. Take your conference back. And because it's Urban Meyer, and because of the type of animal that he is recruiting, take college football back. I ask you, what's better for college football in the future? All you people who are upset and sad because Alabama and Clemson keep playing every single year. Fine. How about this? Urban, a jackal of a recruiter, a guy who will certainly try to rope off California and then the entire West. Don't think he won't go back into Ohio's backyard. It's laughable when I get those calls on the weekdays about he would never recruit against Ohio State. Bet your ass he won't recruit against Ohio State. He doesn't want the best players in California. He wants the best players everywhere. And if that's in Canton, Ohio, or whether that be a modern-day high school, he's going after them. And he's going to bring them to USC. And then in the college football playoff, imagine one day, won't you? Ryan Day, the student, with the Ohio State Buckeyes against Urban Meyer, the teacher, and the USC Trojans. With players from Ohio who play at USC, among players from California, the old rivalry yet again, the way it used to be from the 70s in the Rose Bowl, the way it was with Woody Hayes going out there against USC and Archie Griffin and O.J. Simpson. Well, shouldn't say O.J. Simpson, but Marcus Allen. It can be that way again. You can do that again. Start now. Start next week. Lose to Fresno State. Begin losing. Be great again. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a, oh, thanks to the guys in New York. And have a wonderful college football Saturday, my friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.